Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we're joined by the three-time podcast guest champ, the fan with all the best theories, an all-around Marvel fanatic. I'm delighted to welcome Leech back to the show. Welcome back, Leech. Hey, thanks for having me. That intro, oh my goodness, I'm blushing. <laughs> Yeah, it's so exciting. Like you you were hitting the record for our most uh guest appearances and I'm so excited to have you back. I'll do autographs after the show just if anyone's interested, just saying. <laughs> yes. Everyone needs Leech's autograph. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do it where you have prints of the Paul Bettany flourish but it says Nick Sandy, that would be perfect because that is <laughs> oh, the you coolest liked thing that. I've seen. Yeah, that was so yeah. good. <laughs> Did you yeah. send that to Jude? Oh, yeah. I yeah, did. I got that, and I sent it on to some people, too. It was great. I've yet to put I, it on the social yet. I need to do that. It's been a busy couple of weeks, but I need to, like, now that we have this episode recorded, we'll put it out there. Yeah. I heard that in the podcast, and I'm like, ah, damn it. And I just sat down, and I did it. I know what I'm needed. <laughs> that was your bat signal from this pod. <laughs> Hey, while we're on, I do want to say thank you for filling in that one time where I couldn't oh, make yeah. it and you stepped right in. Like I told Trey, I was like, man, I've, I've just been replaced. <laughs> like, you did so, such a wonderful job. I thank mean, you. it was all for, you know, Team Cap. So I'm just here to represent. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was wondering when that was going to come up. <laughs> uh, it's in my contract that uh, Trey said that I need to mention at least twice every guest episode. So, uh. yeah. Your check's the, in the mail. Part of the deal. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think at this point in our virtual setup, we've we've always, in every episode, even if you're not there, we just have a chair with Leech's name on it, just sitting there in the corner <laughs> yes. waiting for you to return. Yes. <laughs> That's so great. I feel so loved. <laughs> so, of course, if you've downloaded this episode, you can see that this is going to be our WandaVision wrap-up. So... We're going to be getting into that. But before we begin, I just wanted to take some time here at the top to almost kind of set the tone. You know, I, I've seen some pushback online with the finale kind of drawing some ire uh, because of things going this way or that. And maybe fan theory is not coming out to what they need to be. Whatever the case is, I just want to make sure that everything that we're going to get into in this episode is honestly harking back to what we talked about with Tara and that responsibility of a fandom. We're critiquing this because we like this. And it was important for me to structure that episode mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as we go through this, we will start into the positives. And uh, yeah, I think that will, you know, start our first question, which is, what did you like the most about WandaVision? And of that, which was your favorite episode? So, Leech, uh, if we could start with you. Are we, are we going to do the spoiler noise? Because that's why I'm here. Are we oh. in the spoiler zone? You know, I was thinking we didn't. You know, you're bringing up a very philosophical question because. Well, because at this Jude, point, like you yeah. should have seen all of it, right? Well, that's you. Yeah. Because your, your brother, Daniel, he, te I don't know if this made it into the edit, but he texted no, you. He's like, he texted you and he was like, why do y'all need the spoiler zone? Everybody's probably already seen it. That's listening to right, it. Right. That same ideology applies to this episode. Do we want to do it just for fun? Why not? Break it out. <laughs> all right. So as we've been doing all season, we're going to play the spoiler sound. So if you haven't seen any of the episodes already, this is your last chance. And on the other side of the sound, we will be in the spoiler zone. 
See you on the other side. All right, we're back. <laughs> Silence remains. Okay. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> this spoiler zone brought to you by Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because just as we were getting started, that, that crossed my mind. I was like, okay, are we doing the spoilers? Are we not? It's not in the outline. I felt like I couldn't even talk without having it set up. Like I wasn't allowed. All right. It was weird. I'm just so used to the structure. <laughs> You're allowed now. We're ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, like we were saying in the, the previous spot, you know, what did you like about WandaVision overall? And which of those episodes were your favorite? So I had to think about this because... There was a lot going on. So to narrow down what was my absolute favorite, I had kind of a top two. Mm -hmm. Like what mm -hmm. did I overall mm -hmm. like about the show was the nod to the TV eras and that attention to detail because that was just mind-blowing. It was incredible. I, I can't even obviously articulate how impactful that was to see all these things and we were right on point with saying that's the vibe I'm getting from that and to find out later with the DVD shown that is exactly what they were going for. So that was just mm -hmm. really cool to see. But then when we talk more about my favorite thing about the show as far as the content, I always super appreciate it when the MCU humanizes people and they talked about grief. We've talked kind of about PTSD with Tony. We've talked about loss with Thor you know we've gone through a lot of these really grounding humanizing emotions with our heroes and I always appreciate that and that's kind of like dark to think about <laughs> like I really appreciate it when you know they show their pain but mm -hmm. it humanizes them and grounds them and it makes them a lot more relatable so I really appreciate the dive into that and that we just didn't skim over it like nothing happened or these people are just immune to mourning their lost loved ones and even going back to Marvel Comics, like they, all the way back to the 60s, they had that kind of idea, we're going to actually be in New York, not mm. a fictionalized place, and we want to see that they have problems. In that, I think that is a fantastic point. It was just the humanizing these characters. It makes it so much easier for us to identify with. Mm-hmm. I need to dig up and find the the actual quote so I can credit it properly, because uh, I think it, it was one of the showrunners for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But the gist of what they were saying is that it's not enough that we just get to see these characters in their big action moments. In order to fully relate to them, you need to be able to go home with them and like see what that life is like for them outside the context of those big set pieces. And so I think you're 100% spot on with that making these characters feel real through this show mm -hmm. so uh what about you jude uh oh wait actually no i'm sorry leech did you get to say what your favorite episode was i didn't and it's because i'm avoiding the question because they're so great and i'm trying to figure out you know what was my favorite what was it because of you know the the time that they were representing in mm -hmm. the episode or was it a content thing I actually really like episode eight yeah. and I know some people might, Ooh, but I really liked episode eight because I felt like it was really well done to give 
the history and I liked I really liked the Ghost of Christmas Past kind of vibe to it. <laughs> I really did. I'm a sucker for that. So I I actually really enjoyed that. And like I said, I really love it when a character gets uh you know, relatable and humanized. And we saw that with Wanda. I mean, we'd all heard the story. We, you know, the, the Stark bomb hits the floor. Oh yeah, Wanda keeps talking about it. But like to live that with her right. was kind of a wild ride. Okay, You said there was two. What was the other one? Oh, six. Six, okay. Six was just goofy and I yeah. loved it. And it just felt so silly. And the costumes, oh, mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. And just for clarity, that was the Halloween episode, Halloween. right? Yeah. All new Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, to like at any point during this wrap up, if you ever feel guilty about having multiple answers, you heard our our question of the weeks. We always brought multiple <laughs> answers, so you were right. You're in the right place having multiple choice. Oh, good. <laughs> but um, so yeah, uh, Jude. What about you? What was your? What did you like overall about WandaVision? And that you know, leading into what was your favorite episode? Overall, I think what I really liked and appreciated was the style and format as a, I mean, it was cool because it was experimental, right? We're going to try something new, but it was all to serve the purpose of the story, mm -hmm. you know, and finding a way to use the sitcom format and even realize like I'm coming out of it. So I'm going to change aspect ratios to, to indicate, um, use camera movements. Um, you know, you, you have your typical camera setup for a sitcom, but intentionally wanting to take us out of that for certain moments by using a camera angle that's not a part of uh, the sitcom feel. Um, so that's that's one of the things I really liked what they did. With that in mind, uh, episode, I had two that, I, that I'm really going back and forth on. <laughs> I mean, there was episode six, which is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. I loved what they did, how they were able to incorporate the comic book, accurate costumes as part mm -hmm. of Halloween. I think they captured that Malcolm in the Middle style so well. The the twins, Tommy and Billy, you know, they were kind of our focal point into the 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 lives in that episode, and they carried the episode so well. But the other one, what I was torn with, is episode two. Like mm -hmm. the the Drunk Vision magic show was just hilarious, and. You know, and I liked I liked both episode one and two, and just because how well they captured the early sitcom era, but that second one just and the way they acted it, the whole, and well, the the payoff they gave us later with the shenanigans and the the whole bedroom sequence of being scared and the tree knocking, um, all of it they were able to do the sitcom. You have the dotty, you know, suspense and radio message in the beginning but they're able to wrap that into it so it was just th those two are, are my favorite mm -hmm. what about you so for me you know i i'm i'm kind of right there with you on both of y'all's answers where <laughs> i think the thing i like the most about wandavision overall is no pun intended this show had a very clear vision for mm -hmm. how they wanted to marry mm -hmm. no 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 you went there <laughs> no Puns are no. always intended with Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I couldn't get away with that one. This wasn't uh, intended, but it's written down right in front of me. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to read my note verbatim. I think the show had a clear vision, parentheses. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
You know, I think this show had a clear vision for how they wanted to marry that meaning of TV, not only to the story and the way that it pertained to the characters, but to the form itself. Like what you were talking about, Jude, of how they were inventive with using the aspect ratio and the language of, of showmaking mm -hmm. to play around with that meaning. You know, that that was brilliant. And then the way they were able to tie it into Wanda's character, another brilliant example of it. And so... To me, I think the show is at the height of its strength when it's fully working within that television motif in and out of its story. Because they even mentioned like throughout our reviews, the episodes that were the weakest for me were the ones that didn't quite find a way to make that, um, even though this sounds pejorative, but to make that gimmick work with the story it was telling, that's the mm -hmm. ones where I was pulled out the most. Mm -hmm. So... The other thing, because I think we are all going to have multiple answers throughout these. Uh, the other thing that I really liked is kind of like what you were talking about, Leech, about making these characters feel real. I think WandaVision took a very nuanced look at these characters and helped expand them in a way the movies haven't done. Mm -hmm. And so despite my issues with the ending, it is undeniable that Wanda and Vision are a lot more realized on the other end of this series than they were when they went into this. Absolutely. And so that by that, that that is, I think that's job well done for this series. And now as far as my favorite episode, I got to go with episode eight. And again, kind of echoing what you were saying, Leech, like it was that sh living those moments that we have heard so much about, you know, I called it a magic trick. I, I personally don't think it should have worked as well as it did because mm -hmm. it was like retroactively going back. And I've been on the record of how much I don't enjoy that. So the fact that they were able to do that, like to me... That was the culmination of everything that they were doing with this show leading up to that point. So, yeah, I, I think that overall is what I was really into for WandaVision and, you know, as far as the best episode, which leads us into the next topic that we wanted to get into. You know, now that this series is over, what are some lingering threads that you hope to see carried on? Uh, Jude, if we want to start with you this time. So I have three um, <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I'm going to go with the first one I have, uh, who's missing person. Yes. I would really like to know. And you know what? I think the, the first time we had Leech on here, we talked a little bit about star Wars and George Lucas believed that the audience should care about the MacGuffin. Like the whole reason that Wu got there was because of this missing person. And I was invested. So that's the, not the only one, but that was when I made my outline, the first one that came to mind. Because it also feels like there's something they can do with that. Mm -hmm. Sword vision, less so where he went. We'll find out. I don't care. Uh, but without the Mind Stone, I think there's still some question as to how vision is he. Because mm -hmm. the Mind Stone is very much a part of who he was. Uh, and then the FBI came to arrest Hayward and company and... So what does that mean for sword? Yeah. Like, like, is that, was that just like a complete takedown of sword? Was that just a small faction? So I'm, I'm just curious what happens there. Can you imagine if that's the last of sword we ever see? <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy. There's no way. Yeah, there's, there's no way, but like, I mean, you just, no, that had... was a setup for Monica to be the head. I think that's what that was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, but I mean, she's I... seemingly off to space. Well, I guess they do have the space division with Nick Fury up there. I mean, yeah, Nick Fury has kind of been leading the charge, and he's been in space for who knows how long. So, well, see, that's that was what I thought is like Fury was in charge 
of sword, I guess. I, I thought that's what the far from home in tag was. So. Right. So, so it, it, it left me with some questions like what is sword? Who was, you know, was this just an earth based thing? Was it really a rogue faction? Uh, Cause in my head, fury was in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to cycle back to what you were saying about Wu. Um, just to play off that, I think you, like, that's one of the ones that I wrote down too. And the thing that I found disappointing about it, because I, I, I've seen some pushback where people are like, okay, well, that was just to get him there. Like you said, the MacGuffin. And other people have said, well, clearly they don't have too much importance from it because that's the last we ever hear about the missing person. But the thing that's so that was like left me wanting to know more is that we spent three episodes building up the mystery of what was going on. And then the first real world context of any clue that we get is that missing person. That's what brought everybody there. And Mm so I'm with you. I hope that is something that we see carried on at some point if there's any significance to it. Mm -hmm. I think at one point I text you, Trey, and said what's Wu even doing there? Isn't he based out of San Francisco? And then that kind of led me to believe that he was there because of Wanda, because Mm -hmm. maybe he's just the liaison for superpower people, and that's why he was there for Mm Ant-Man. And maybe he was there for Wanda, so like that kind of helps me sleep a little bit at night. But that's just what I do, because if I don't, I'm just going to drive myself crazy wondering who the heck that person is, because we never got a conclusion. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That would have been a nice... uh, I could have gone with that as well. After Ant-Man It would have been a sentence. It would have been a sentence he mentioned, like, oh, you know, I'm Darcy with da-da-da. Oh, cool. I I do this. And you might have recognized me from uh, Ant-Man or something. Like, (laughs) that's it. Right. You know, like, I used to work with him over here. Like, that's it. That could have just been two lines. And that would have made all of us... I would say he's he was clearly well versed in the Sokovia Accords, absolutely. And so it makes sense of like you're the liaison between those who've signed the accords and those who haven't. Mm-hmm. You don't need the missing person unless it's going to turn into something, right? It yeah. may, and maybe it's it still could. I feel like they love doing that. You know, here we're going to kind of lead you in this direction, and we we maybe will wrap that up super cool, or we'll just put a period on the end of the sentence in the next movie and we, it won't be a big thing. Like they have the option. Mm-hmm. That's Marvel's flourish. That is their yeah. flourish for sure. <laughs> Our Nick Sandy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, uh, what about you, Leech? Do you have any lingering threads that you hope to see carried on from WandaVision? Oh man. So I knew you guys were going to mention some of the, not obvious, but of course the, the bigger ones like woo and whatnot and you know um white vision and whatnot so my big thing because i'm a crazy person is the <laughs> dark hold yeah and yeah. the craziness that's involved with that because i've been watching agents of shield <laughs> and we could we could go very deep on what the dark hold means reintroduced into the mcu because it's at this point reintroduced so, like, for me, I want to know how Agatha got a hold of it. Yeah. I yeah. want to know if there's more than one, possibly. Mm-hmm. Also, it's supposed to drive the reader mad. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that's kind of scary, mm-hmm. that Wanda could be going insane, and that's potentially what happened to Agnes mm-hmm. or Agatha. 
And then, you know, we can go even deeper. And this this is where, you know, my true form comes out of the crazy theories. This is why so, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you haven't seen it, it's it's not that big of a spoil, but it kind of is for this, you know, plot line. But for the Darkhold, the um, villain in that storyline was trying to get a hold of the, the Darkhold and its magic to... Mm-hmm. Um, work on what's the term it's a transmutation Mm -hmm. so to turn you know from this matter to another type of matter and it's really popular from like to turn like you know dirt into gold kind of thing so they wanted to create carbon and create you know all these other things so i'm just thinking like um hello can she maybe make you know vibranium like what's going on here like you know and then we we also saw the tracker that they were tracking vibranium so i'm wondering like is she gonna learn how to make her own vision because she has the heart of vision and she can make things out of whatever now with that new information also she could be crazy you know like how how dark is this gonna go because so far anyone that's read that book has died so <laughs> well you know what and i'm and i'm wondering in that intag we hear the voice of billy and tommy mm-hmm. i wonder if she's gonna find a way to bring them back right yeah and that's that's possible we've we've seen that with the book mm-hmm. so that's also kind of scary see i'm so glad so. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and kind of bringing in this fresh context because I've seen that arc that you're talking about, but it's been so long since I've Mm -hmm. seen it. So I forgot about that element of the Darkhold driving the reader mad. Mm -hmm. You know, we read that scene, that intact with Wanda as the kids reaching out for her. What if that is the Darkhold and the madness setting in of she thinking that she's hearing those kids? And that's that recall to return towards trying to make that reality happen again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think, what am I on? Near the end of season five now. Mm-hmm. I know they can get a little out there. Like, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I've seen the, the text of frustrations in the display. <laughs> but it's a very interesting... Like, that story was very interesting. And, yes, the fact that they kind of backed off of it near the end of, like, oh, this drives the person mad because it went into a whole other storyline mm-hmm. with androids. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they really heavily implied in that beginning, though, like, I can't read this. The android has to because I will go crazy and, like, murder everyone. So <laughs> that's what I'm kind of, like, afraid of. And that, that was the one where they that. had uh, Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was my thought with the Darkhold was – this is their in to bringing Ghost Rider, and we know Blade's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bringing that, but like Trey said, I completely forgot about driving the reader mad. Yeah, and it does make transmutation me yeah. and driving a mad are two things that stuck out because I saw I you know I finished one division and then I got to that part. And I was just like, oh, I was the Leo meme of the pointing at the TV. Like, oh, it's that thing. It's, oh, that's going to happen. Just you watch out. So I, uh, so that that's what I want to see. I want to see more Darkhold. There's no reason they're going to nice focus, zoom in, glow. They're not going to show that if we aren't going to learn more about it. And I'm really hoping Dr. Strange is involved with that because that will just close a lovely loop that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started with 
ghost rider showing mm-hmm. his you know uh the loop it was the same magic and you know we're seeing right. her use some techniques that he's used in the past so i just want this all to connect and i cannot wait for it to connect. i'm not saying wanda relies on dr strange in any way because that's totally against what i feel like the vibe of wandavision was but mm-hmm. i feel like for the backstory of magic to work in the mcu they have to connect and i'm excited for that mm-hmm. well you know what for me i mean just to add on and not to step in front of Trey too much on the lingering questions. Oh, no, go for it. Uh, but, I mean, we know she's going to be in Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. I- I'm really curious. Madness, you say? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm absolved of my vision pun, so just put that on the record. <laughs> but no, I- I'm curious of what they're going to do with Elizabeth Olsen's uh, character, Scarlet Witch, in that movie. Yes. You know, because, because she clearly had, had, in this show, goes through grief, comes out on the other side, is the Scarlet Witch. And if they're not careful, you can completely undo all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how they're going to play this out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um, something else that I guess lingering threads. Oh, I mean, I feel like just this is both on and off topic. Like, we got that hint of the possibility of the Mm -hmm. Mm X-Men. Is that going to ever connect? Or am I just grain of sand slipping off of it kind of situation? Am I just not accepting, you know, the reality put in front of us? Or am I just, you know, I want to know if there's any sort of hint to that at all. Mm -hmm. The the only thing I'd say is is as a YouTuber, I like to watch the new rock stars. And he talked a little bit about the Evan Peters casting in relation to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think, even for me, I forget that, like, this was supposed to be, like, the fourth or fifth thing MCU, you know, Marvel puts out after Endgame. Right. Yes. And he said it, it could be quite possible that, as a stunt casting, might be, might have, in their head, been easier for the fans to take if the seeds for the X-Men in another way had already been planted in shows we didn't get to see because of the pandemic. That's I a actually really good point. looked this up before I got on this episode because I felt like we'd go in this direction. It was supposed to be Black Widow May 20... Don't cry. It was supposed to be Black <laughs> Widow May 2020. I'm telling myself that. Disney May 2020. Falcon Winter Soldier Fall 2020. Eternals November 2020. Uh... Shang-Chi, February 21, WandaVision Spring 21, then Doctor Strange in May. Wow. So there was a lot of room to introduce all kinds. Maybe there's there's like a ton of woo before this. Right. You know, there could be all kinds of stuff going on that we just, it just didn't work out with the schedule. Yeah. Mm Yeah, that's... so that's why I'm just I'm just I'm just stepping back. I'm like, you know, I got my thoughts, (laughs) but we haven't seen it all yet. One thing I do want to circle back to, just because I think it's hilarious, since we were talking about the Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, boy. Again, spoilers, if you haven't seen it. If I'm not mistaken, I do believe Ghost Rider is in charge of taking the the Darkhold and hiding it. My favorite thing to come out of this finale was Gabriel Luna, the actor for Ghost Rider, tweeted out, Okay, y'all, I'll admit it. Under my mattress may not have been the best hiding place. (laughs) Hashtag the Darkhold. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I love... 
Oh, that's great. So yeah, that's so great. I wanted to circle that because that was I had to bring that up because I was cracking up. I'd love for him to come back again. Yes, but... me too. Uh, he was great. He like was. I saw Ghost Rider and I text Trey like, oh. Oh, so we're just going to bring in Ghost Rider now, because why not? <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, oh, he's kind of killing it. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. He's, he's, <laughs> he's there with Daredevil as one of those actors, Charlie Cox, that you could just bring in straight and it would yes. be fine. Because mm-hmm. he was really, really well casted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, jumping back into... Yeah, like, Trey, <laughs> your lingering thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I, I really can just bounce off some of the things that you said, um, both Jude and Leech. Leech, in, your, in terms of the Darkhold, uh, the mm-hmm. thing I wrote down is, like, I really hope we don't see the end of Wanda's training. Uh, I really like mm-hmm. that they've set her on this path mm-hmm. of that like, she needs to learn to harness this power more. And I'm really hoping, because we have been burned this way a little bit, that we don't get a time skip kind of thing from Hulk to Smart Hulk. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping that they keep us on a, a, a graduated path Jude, speaking to what you're saying, it is hard because it is going to be Doctor Strange's movie, but also how do you handle this character and not undo it? I don't know. That's my lingering thought on that. You know, Agent Wu was brought up as well. You know, I said some of my piece there, but I want to add on, I hope it's not the last we see of Darcy. Uh, The thing that I like so much about WandaVision with Agent Wu and and Dr. Lewis is that it felt like it took these characters that may not have gotten the respect that they deserved in their side movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their side movies. And their main movies as side characters. (laughs) I wish a side movie, my God. (laughs) Well, okay, y'all heard, right? There's people, um, uh, fans, wanting to see an X-Files style show with Darcy and Wu. Yes. Yes. I I will kickstart that so hard. Like, let's go. Yeah, I uh, I kickstart that every month with my Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I hope that we do see them because they did such a great job of reinvigorating their characters for this to be the end of what they we've seen so far. Based on the finale, I feel confident we'll see Wu again. Not so much with Dr. Lewis. Like I know there's probably some scheduling COVID-related issues of why she didn't have a bigger presence in the finale. I just hope it's not the last we see of her. I doubt it. Yeah. If we saw her, if we saw her in this, there's no way she's going away. She's like established now. Yeah. She's kind of like that Colson-y kind of vibe going on. And I know he killed Colson off, but then he got his own seven season show. So like, I feel like she's sticking around. I think she's supposed to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Really I'd be shocked if she wasn't. I heard that she, because she tweeted out, or she answered an interview where they said, if she is, she hasn't been contacted yet. Oh. And I think, I think okay. that was at the beginning of WandaVision. So things could have changed since then, uh, but I'm fairly certain there was a, a blurb that was like, yeah, she doesn't know if she's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Again, mm. they're actors. They could be lying. But also, does she have to say that? Yeah. That might be part of her NDA. Yeah. 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 So. True. I don't trust anything that they say about that kind of stuff. We can't even trust the trailers. Snitches get <laughs> stitches. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and just to round it out, my last point, again, it was all things that I think you, you all touched on. Um, mm-hmm. the the Ralph Boner situation. I really hope <laughs> that it isn't the last we see of that. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I was talking about this to Jude before we started. I've seen so many people compare the the misdirect <laughs> with Ralph <laughs> to the misdirect with the Mandarin, and I, it's so funny to me that people are so close to why that is an apt description, but not quite. 
at least with the Mandarin misdirect, it served that story purpose. Right. We didn't get to see a story purpose fully served here in WandaVision. So I do have a feeling that Ralph will play in to some mm-hmm. part, I, I hope. Uh, but that that's my lingering thought, is that I, I really hope that he comes back into something else. Are you transitioning us into our next item on the list? What are our biggest disappointments of WandaVision? Yeah, I, I, think, I think Trey did, because that's on mine. <laughs> that is literally like the main item on mine. <laughs> Y'all are seeing behind the curtains. Uh, so that is perfect, as you all have both stated. That's going to lead us into our next topic, which is what are the biggest disappointments of WandaVision? Leech, uh, let's start with you this time. Oh, okay. So I've been trying to figure out why I was frustrated with the misdirect of uh, Ralph. And I think it was because of that oh my gosh feeling that we had when she opened that door Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then having that be a joke yeah i think it just being you know just cut dry like bam it's a joke done moving on (laughs) that was it and i felt a little tiny bit betrayed and i don't feel like that was me necessarily like hyping anything up it's you used the actor from x-men that played the same character like there's that's all there is Mm -hmm. and i got my feelings hurt a little bit because that wasn't what it is so yeah no that makes sense yeah yeah that that was my disappointment i really appreciated the ride because i think you mentioned last episode jude that they had to use him otherwise it it wouldn't have made sense like it doesn't work like the illusion is completely broken because it's a rando and you start asking too many questions Mm -hmm. but it hurt it hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, you know, like I'm right there with you in that I don't think I tried to hype it up too much. Like even from that episode reveal, you know, I said, okay, well, let's 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 pump the brakes. What is the story weight significance of the X-Men Fox Universe canon to these characters? And I was trying to parse it that way. So I never really let the hype get to me. But there was also that feeling, which maybe this is just showing the contradictory nature of my statements, but there was this feeling of like <laughs> you felt like there was a saga defining moment in that door opening Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah like i understand that feeling of like being hurt there yeah well i mean if they're drawing from house of m and m is for magnus right and magneto um and i mean if we can get super technical about it everybody says magneto's their dad but i think they made a change to the comic later on um, as part of, you know, to, to kind of get that separation from the mutants so the MCU could use them in Age of Ultron. So there's some question as to, like, who her parents are. But for the most part, everybody accepts that it's Magneto. With that in mind, it's, un- it's not unreasonable to expect that Fox universe to come in. Because you know the X-Men are coming. And, mm-hmm. and you know the multiverse is coming. Right. So, so in that sense, I, I, I think it's completely reasonable expectation. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, but like you said, like they like said that I said, that's awkward. Like was mentioned by Leech and me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work otherwise. Like you mm-hmm. just can't get some random. Yeah. Now I had that in there as, as the disappointment, in the outline, but I, I kind of threw there at the end. The other one, honestly, I was disappointed in the last battle. Only because as much as I liked it and as much as the the, um, the visuals were fantastic, 
there was an element of they did what Trey and I talked about where they made some stakes, right? Like every Mm -hmm. time she used her power, it was a cost. So you had that Mm -hmm. there, but it still had this feeling because it picked up right where they left off as if this is kind of a, almost a checklist. Mm -hmm. Like we got to wrap up this story. We got to do this and we have our 50 minutes to do it. Is that why it was so jarring then? Because we just, just bam continuation instead of we have a nice intro and then we have a little story in our conclusion and the end like this one was just like bam continuation as if no time had passed yeah i think so the time did pass yeah, yeah i think so it, it would have been really cool to fit just something simple like the um the stick with that sitcom theme although by this point you're out of the broadcast right you're the not broadcast really, has ended right yeah. broadcast has ended but like you could have been like you know to be continued in a very sitcom-y way. Oh, so Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because of that jump in, uh, and again, it was well done. It wasn't like it was terrible, and it didn't have the Iron Man 2 checklist feel. But but you <laughs> knew it was the last episode. You knew this is what they're going to do. going to be a big fight. And so there was a little bit of disappointment for me on that. Mm-hmm. It put a lot of pressure on those last two episodes. Right? It did. To keep that format and then to wrap it all up and then also COVID happening mm-hmm. while that was all going down. Like, let's just put all the pressure on those episodes. And mm-hmm. it, it was kind of, it was felt. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because since the finale has aired, we've seen interviews with Matt Shackman and interviews with Jack Schaefer come out and they're, they're pretty open. COVID shook this up. They're, they, mm-hmm. uh, I believe in the interview on the Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith and Matt Shackman, the director of the series, mm-hmm. he straight up mentions there was more in the finale that they didn't get to finish because of COVID changing up the schedules. So I think that one accounts for the jarring feeling that you two are talking about. And also me personally helps alleviate some of that feeling and disappointment that this is unfortunately just the reality of the conditions they had to work with, um, which mm-hmm. we might be able to get into some other things about like, you know, well, you know, delays or why delay this or that, whatever. But it, it, it helps to paint that picture of what was going on and why it was so jarring because of the real world, uh, you know, circumstances. Yeah. I take that back, actually. I said, I said, <laughs> hold on. that's the catchphrase. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, like we said, they were not doing the broadcast, right? So you couldn't do this, but they weren't doing the broadcast and they still did the Agatha all along. Yeah. And it worked that... and it was fine. Oh, you know, she was all about that vibe, though. She's like, I'm going to get my own intro if we're going to all do oh, intros yeah. and you're not going to mm-hmm. do one for me. I'm going to do my own yeah. and it's going to slap. Yeah. So. <laughs> How many like trap rap remixes of that have we seen <laughs> on Twitter since then? And I love it. Um, I have it and I need links. I will send so. it to you after this. I, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, like, I knew we're out of the broadcast, but I would have accepted it. They could have done it that way and I would have taken it. And, you know, mm-hmm. to, to add to that, yeah, you know, you can make the argument that Agatha was doing the Agatha all along because it's a flex. That's in her character to show off like that and rub Absolutely. it in Wanda's face. Right. But go back to the episode previously with the uh, 
that felt really weird. It felt like I was about to go into the previously on. Uh, <laughs> go back to the episode previously where it was the Modern Family style. They were broad. They were playing in the trope and not broadcasting. Right. So there's no reason they couldn't do it. Maybe it's because it's finally come to a head and Wanda realizes what's going on. But I think there is precedent for them to play in the space a little bit more, given that's been the whole strength of the show is incorporating it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that comes to me as far as big disappointments of the show. And for me, I can touch on both of what you you both have said and because if you've listened to our, our guest episode with the MCU Rewind, we've, we're getting this pattern. I have cheat answers. And so, like, I have broad strokes. <laughs> I have broad strokes. And my disappointment, I think, is this show had structural problems. And so the way that I can lead into this is, Leach, you were talking about, you know, it's disappointing with the X-Men fake out. You know, it it works. I think you're right that it works that you don't have that grief moment of playing with your expectations if it isn't Evan Peters, because that also plays with the expectations of the audience. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they wanted to use that grief to convince us of something that was real. The problem was whenever they had the, oh, it's Agatha all along, she was manipulating them. That should have been our decisive. No, this is just somebody we use to torment Wanda. But the show keeps playing in that space of the mystery of who he is. Mm -hmm. And so that's what leads that door open to either is this going to be a lingering thread or is this just a disappointment? And so, you know, that to me, that's a structural problem there. And then, Jude, with your your point about the fight, the problem that I felt after thinking about it is, you know, this show did such a great job of showing a sympathizing look of Wanda dealing with the grief. And it was showing, you know, how it's possible for her to get to this point where she unintentionally did this. That final fight doesn't feel like the resolution stems from the lessons that's been learned all season. Mm -hmm. It stems from this is what we need to do because this show is ending. And so when you do that, it doesn't leave it like Wanda learned anything. It leaves it like the problem's gotten worse because Agatha purely states your problem is not power. Your problem is knowledge. The resolution is she just got stronger. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that that's a like if that's where you want to have a, co a cohesive story and like contained to set up for the next thing, that's where that structural goes in. And to, to finally bring it back to, to me, the last thing that I think which encompasses it all is I think this show got too wrapped up in the mystery of it all which I think sounds like it's it's contradictory coming from me because I was totally on board of that. Like, it's not it's not Wanda, it's not Wanda, you know, the, all that speculation. The orchestrator, yeah. The orchestrator. If their plan all along was going to be that it is Wanda doing this, then we needed to have that revelation sooner rather than like the second to last episode. Because if you don't give any time for Wanda to actually wrestle with the fact that she is doing this, then you didn't tell a story. You just you're pushing it along down the road, and it it feels like it's a shame that we didn't get to see Wanda wrestle with the fact that her kids and en vision aren't real. She mm -hmm. just lets it go, and it also it feels like a shame that Wanda doesn't even get to express remorse to the Westview residents. And so, I don't want to be so overly critical that way. So I can I'll say it this. I think they did a brilliant job of setting up everything that got to that point. But the disappointment is it does feel like it's a little bit of a stumble at the end. 
they needed another episode. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, one of my notes here is to say that the whole show is about grief. And in the interviews, they talked about wanting to follow the stages of grief. And in the end, it wasn't clear for me what the acceptance was. Was it her becoming the Scarlet Witch? Mm-hmm. Or was it the what caused all this in the first place? This trauma and loss of Pietro and Vision, you know this is my truth, kind of like Monica said, and you move on. And it, and in that last battle, it, it, for me, it was about, like you said, gaining the power and leveling up as Scarlet Witch, primarily versus accepting this, the, the loss that she's had. So something I looked into was the five stages of grief, mm-hmm. and something that helped me with those last episodes were, you know, you can come out of that and that fifth stage with acceptance but that still doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay with what happened so you can come out with acceptance of like this is it happened but you can still be pissed (laughs) and i feel like if you kind of like if you watch it in that lens it feels a little bit better than just like all right so we got you know girl power we're strong again and we're better than you know agatha and resolution resolution and we're gonna go build a house in the mountains and Mm -hmm. move on with our life and learn i feel like it's more of i've accepted that this happened and that was a lot to take in right now and i'm still pretty pissed about it and i need to go collect myself and figure out what my next move is also potentially go crazy so (laughs) who knows so i feel like that kind of helped with that a little like i mean i got my problems i'm right there with you guys but i'm trying so hard i think because of covid and timing and new formats trying really hard to like give them the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting i want to go back to something trey said at the very very beginning of this pod we are trying to walk that line of of being critical because we enjoy it and because we love it and mm-hmm. and not get into just the the hyper critical mm-hmm. and there what and these are the things that wasn't satisfying and I don't think we're I mean I think we're in the majority saying the ending the last episode in particular was a little unsatisfying mm-hmm. you know not not just going to the social media and, and looking at that reaction but even just the people I talked to you yeah. know about it they're like yeah i love the show it was great the finale was a little disappointing mm-hmm. but overall i love the show and it was great you, you know so so I don't, I don't think i don't think this is anything anybody hasn't heard or even thought you yeah. know or felt about this show i wonder if there's going to be a type of like a director's cut or something where they can actually take the time and you know put in what they're going to put in cuz i read some things about some scenes that i'm like those scenes would have killed three or four of my really solid theories I had going. Mm -hmm. And if they were actually able to put those in, I'd be really curious Mm -hmm. to see, you know, what that looked like. Okay. So when I found out about the Shackman interview and he talked about that whole sequence that got left out of the finale and I texted it to a coworker and he texted back hashtag the Shackman cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, that's very interesting because, like, this feels like an adjacent topic to, you know, should the MCU have extended cuts of shows? And for the longest time, I saw a very 
well-rounded, you know, reasoning that no, you shouldn't, because if this is a continuity, you know, and these movies are building off each other, you can't just release a cut that changes, potentially changes things. Mm -hmm. But we saw that already with Far From Home. Far From Home got re-released with extra footage. And I think Endgame did too. So maybe we get WandaVision, the extended cut, the Shackman cut. I think if a cut adds extended context and not new information as far as like, let's introduce this whole new person or something like, right. I think that's fair. Like that's, you know, I feel like you, you can touch on that mm-hmm. or say it's a question that they know for a fact will never be answered, but this one scene could, you know, wrap it up for those crazy fans that think about this in the middle of the night, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Throw it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with Leech on that one. Yeah. <laughs> fellow up in the middle of the nighter you know <laughs> thinking about things and yes. what ifs yes <laughs> responding to mc you need to know tweets at like 2 a.m waiting for wandavision to drop <laughs> i don't know who you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh man i i think this is wrapping up this question nicely and, and i just want to emphasize this because this is something like i've been grappling with myself like i i really do want to emphasize that i enjoy so much of this show and just want to express what was disappointing at the same time i don't want to yuck anybody's yum i know the kind of person that is so into the mcu that they download a podcast about it probably doesn't want to be like down about it all the time Mm -hmm. which is why it was so important for us to set those expectations at the front so even though i did have that long spiel about what i didn't think worked i would say 80 to 90% of the show is a home run. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm going to ask you, Trey, our next question. Did WandaVision <laughs> work for you? Again, with the cheating answers. And I'm fully prepared if y'all don't accept this. <laughs> yes, with an asterisk? What? Like... <laughs> <laughs> so here, let me walk through it. <laughs> you know, I kind of hinted at, hinted at this as we were going along, but I sat down and and really tried to figure out what was it that I wanted from these shows. And so, you know, first, I wanted it to expand on these characters in a way that the movies couldn't. It's undeniable that the show did that. I also wanted this to feel as though they were part of the MCU and not its own section like the Netflix shows or some of the ABC shows. This feels like it's straight off the big screen. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, like if under those criterias, I think yes. And I think that's a very strong case to say, yes, this show works for me. My asterisk comes from, I because I talked about it on Twitter. I talked about it with you. This is the first time that I think something in the MCU has shaken me of my faith in the MCU of, is this becoming a problem? Because now we see that the MCU machine needs to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, I I talked about this again to you, Jude. I think we texted about this. Endgame kind of did this where there were these backdoor pilots. Like, Endgame set up Loki. It set up Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It set up WandaVision. Like, it did all these little side stories that were setting up for Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. But it worked because it also was closing 10 years of complete storytelling. Right. And now that we're here with WandaVision, intentional or not, it is starting the future saga if it's doing that backdoor pilot setup like it was doing with Monica, uh, like maybe it was potentially doing with, um, you know, Ralph and who he is and White Vision, but it's not taking the time to complete its stories, that's very concerning for 
the the future of the MCU. So that's why that asterisk comes into play because it's stuff that we haven't yet seen come to fruition. So right. yes, with an asterisk is my answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, what about you, Leach? Does this show work for you? Bottom line, yes, mm-hmm. no asterisk. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I already mentioned it, but like the timeline got messed up. We weren't even supposed to see this, mm-hmm. or you know, it was a re- it. It's technically kind of on schedule, but it's behind in a sense that we were supposed to see like three, four other things first. So, I feel like it would have felt a lot better if we were able to, and just because. It feels very weird to, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like a lot right outside of Endgame. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go from the funeral. And I know we had Far From Home, but it's pretty much like funeral and then this. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it seems really heavy and it puts so much pressure on the show. And I feel like it, like, what they did worked could they have done you know a little bit better sure but you can't you know you're not dr strange you can't you know bend time at your will like you've got what you've got Mm -hmm. so i think it worked i and i'm really i liked what you said trey with you know the pressures there now when it wasn't before it was more like this is working guys it's super cool we're able to do superhero movies Mm -hmm. and it's working Mm -hmm. and like oh we're getting to end game this is awesome and now it's oh my gosh now we have to (laughs) and so that weight of it that puts so much pressure on everything Mm -hmm. moving forward Mm -hmm. well i think so for me in my note i just have absolutely exclamation point I'm ready to move on to the next question. Um, <laughs> I'm I, glad it was a gradual yes to yes. Yes. Uh, no, I just, I loved, I, I think the week to week actually helped. Mm-hmm. I think the COVID helped it in that it was originally supposed to be the first three episodes, the first Friday, and then episode four the next week. Uh-huh. So if you imagine that way, we would have got, the first three sitcom episodes, then the next Friday, where it was sword. And this way, we had two sitcom episodes. You had a week to think about it and talk about it. Another sitcom episode that left some suspense. Oh, what's going on? With another week to think about it and talk about it. And so that, I think, helped it that that concept because i mean again is this love letter uh tara mentioned it on her podcast jack uh schaefer mentioned it this love letter to tv for the longest time that's what tv was once a week appointment viewing and that's what this became and so to use that concept and to recreate that in a streaming service it was fantastic yeah i it worked great for me and i think anything that didn't it rolls into that this next question or outline as to why the parts of it that didn't, didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, which on that note, I think that moves us into that question, which is, uh, this actually comes in from the Rob Logan. You may remember him as a guest a couple episodes ago. Um, he said on Twitter, he responded to our tweets, how much does what we know in the MCU news affect what we read into a show slash movie? Um, 
Jude, it seemed like you were kind of leaning into that a bit. Yeah. Um, I think it does impact us a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing that Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's in it. Um, knowing the previous experience of what you just said of like Marvel's track record of dropping Easter eggs that, which is interesting because like take your favorite movie, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. They bring in the politician from Iron Man two and it was completely, Hey, we need a a politician who's also a Hydra agent. Let's go grab him, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And it's them looking back into content. So you get these little Easter eggs that they do intentionally, but it's also the creators combing through and pulling out threads. Whereas now that we're used to that, I'm trying to find the threads that they're going to pull through. And so like Matt Shackman in his interview is like, yeah, there was the aerospace engineer. He was like, I'm just trying to set up the Rover. And I spent a long time designing this Rover and was really proud of it. And everybody went a completely different way with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because we're trained to like that's something that they creators will reach back into, mm-hmm. you know, like that could still be Reed Richards down the line, and Monica meet. You know what I mean? Like that connection could still be made, even though it doesn't have to be right there. So like knowing that news, I think hyped up me and you know the fandom be like oh this must be an egg this must be an egg this this," you know and and looking for those things rather than just enjoying wanda's story Mm -hmm. oh that could oh my gosh that could easily be you know fantastic four starts reads gets a text can't answer it puts it back in his phone calls back later hey yeah i'll come in goes into shield like or goes into sword like there's so much room there Mm -hmm. and that's i I feel like they're really good at that, and I'm really hopeful. Yeah. Sounds like you're uh, writing the Fantastic Four script. I like the way that starts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't answer the phone. Too busy being awesome. <laughs> Get back to you later. That's going to go on her mug. <laughs> <laughs> too, too, bu- too busy being fantastic over here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, what about you, Leech? Does, how does knowing some of the MCU news affect what we read into the shows and movies as well? So I think, and I mentioned this to you um, one-on-one, Trey, but it's interesting because the three of us represent different, I think, tiers of how far we're willing to go behind, like, to look into the media. Mm-hmm. For me, I go in blind, practically blind. I censor all my socials to not show me anything marvel because i i hate that i really i don't have much comic book knowledge really at all and i like going in completely blind because i have no expectations other than it's marvel it's going to be great Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um and i've had a really good time with that i had one thing spoiled for me um in the very first episode (laughs) and that was super upsetting and so upsetting like I was very upset, and then I had to step back and say, "Why am I so upset?" <laughs> but um, what, what was like, it? Calm down. It was um, Monica casting. I did not realize. Oh, I didn't okay. put those together, and it's like, "Oh yeah, this person turns into this person." It's like, "Well, I didn't know." <laughs> so <laughs> that was really rough. Um, 
and uh that's why we don't watch uh youtube theory videos in my house anymore yeah, but that's fair but yeah like i'm i'm coming in this really really blind and it's been great you know talking to you guys talking to trey because you guys you guys know that and you guys respect that you're not coming in like well episode da 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 from this show back in the day in comic book number da 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 state insert plot for three movies here <laughs> so that helps a lot and it's been great as a viewer to you know or viewer listener to listen to you guys because you, you don't go in like that and i know you jude mm -hmm. know more a lot more comics than trey and i and i know trey is very spoiler conscious <laughs> yet i think i feel like he's very brave and kind of goes in there like oh there's like an interview here or another podcast and da 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 da, da. and he's just he's playing with fire a little bit more than I am yes, trade or a lot a lot more than I am so um it's interesting um with that and for me I very much believe that you know it does impact your perception and your expectations of what anything could be mm -hmm. and I, I I've really enjoyed going in blind because there have been some things that I'm just like oh oh my gosh what where did this come from? And then Trey's like, oh yeah, that's a thing with the thing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like, well, I'm glad I didn't know that because that would have been like so much less impactful, but how freaking cool. And so that that's just been, that's that's the way I like it. And uh, I, I think it, yeah, I think it matters. Well, you know what? It's interesting you, you, you say it that way because I forgot which episode it was, but Trey said something. And I said, you're closer than you realize, <laughs> but I'm not going to say. And it was about <laughs> that deepest desire. And it's that House of M comic line where, and they played into it a little bit here where she thought the people of Westview were happy, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and she creates a reality, uh, Wanda creates a reality in the comic that everybody gets what they want, right? The mutants are in charge over the humans and Wolverine wanting his, you know, his deepest desires to remember his past, remembered how things were before and so once trey said that about oh they're getting their deepest desire and i know it's hanging off the house of him like i i didn't like for me it was like aha maybe there's a theory here kind of there but I, I wanted to hold back on that because i knew trey didn't know mm -hmm. about that um and mm -hmm. at one point especially when vision and wanda in the 80s episode had a fight and he's like i can't remember before westview and i'm like oh so vision basically is gonna have the wolverine character like he's gonna figure it out for some reason uh out of out of this um but again i that was another thing where i didn't want to tell trey you know because mm -hmm. to, to kind of shield that level of of going in clean mm -hmm. and i think it's crazy too because then you'll have the the psychos like my husband who's like i'm just gonna watch all the youtube videos <laughs> I just want to absorb and I'm just like, I will be in the other room because I don't understand you. <laughs> so it, he just wants to know, like he'll gobble it all up mm -hmm. and he'll just go, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see. I can see how that works or how that theory. Huh? Cool. And meanwhile, it would just like shatter my world. I'd need to take the day off work or something if I had watched what he had watched. So I think there's different levels. And as long as people like know those levels of like, what are you okay with? Mm -hmm. And, you know, are you okay with like managing your expectations? If you get exposed to something, like, are you going to be a grumpy butt? Like mm -hmm. I would be like, are you going to be, 
just like yeah that okay cool let's watch it roll out like my husband does i i don't understand it but i know people are like that and i don't know say that mm-hmm. you know i i think we're all kind of in agreement of yes like it does you know, that question, does it affect what we read into it? And I think it does. Absolutely. The, the clearest example uh, for me is the Mephisto theory 100% <laughs> manufactured by news. Mm-hmm. None of, well, I mean, maybe the devil's in the detail stuff, but I think the last drop we got of that was episode two. Yeah. Well, no, no, we got the, you know, go forward my, my hell spawns. So yes, they play with it a little bit, but if you're just watching the show, like there's no Mephisto mention. It it meant nothing to me. I was mm-hmm. like, who? What are you guys mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. what is this? Well, my mom listens to the podcast, and you know, she asked me, "Who's this Mephisto person that you all are talking about?" Like <laughs> that that is generated from the news, not only mm-hmm. of like concrete facts, like what you were saying about Tiana Paris being or Tiona Paris being cast as Monica. We find out mm-hmm. who she is before we find out in the show finding out that Wu and Darcy are going to be returning. Not only that, but those try to be as diplomatic as possible, but those like (laughs) those news sites that try and drive towards like, Hey, we have the scoop on what's coming next. Like those, like they'll pick apart Mm -hmm. anything and that just shapes the narrative of what's coming. And I think this is a growing pain for us now that we're in the Disney plus shows, because with the movies, you had the two and a half hour movie. And that was it. And then you had, you know, months to years to speculate on what could be next. These shows are week to week. So right. you have all that speculation driving mm-hmm. the narrative week to week, which is probably what they want for, you know, engagement purposes. But it's undeniable that, yeah, it is affecting the way that you read into this. Um, oh, yeah. And even for me personally, like I ran into that issue of where, like, what you were talking about, Leach, about the tiered knowledge of what people know and what want to know. It was hard mm-hmm. for me because this podcast is living and dying on that ability for Jude and I to speculate and to do that with guests. So mm-hmm. I never wanted to accidentally know more than I wanted because then I wouldn't have anything to speculate on. Right. And it's this new weird space to be in with the podcast. Well, and it's right. to go a little bit meta on this, like as a, as creating a podcast and having Leech on and talking about these fan theories, it's like we are participating in yeah. that. <laughs> and and putting out the hopefully you know content that people listen to and they want striking that balance of being mindful of okay where is that line of this is part of the ongoing conversation in uh, as a fandom and enjoying the MCU versus you know we have the theory or the answer mm-hmm. you know and and so it, it is it's weird being on this side of it yeah. It kind of reminds me of my like my 2-year-old daughter <laughs> where whenever I bring up a theory and I'm just like, "Oh, you know, what if they what if they go this way with it?" and da da da. And that's how I feel like when my daughter discovered stickers and I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, wait until you figure out what Play-Doh is." Like <laughs> that's just kind of how like it feels. It's you're not, you know, I appreciate that you guys have always been like yeah stickers are super cool you're never just like stickers play-doh 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 you know nothing sweet summer child so i think the last 
the last time you were on here, you delivered my favorite review of the podcast by saying that we were your pregnancy plan. This is my new favorite review of the podcast so far. We are like a two-year-old with theories. <laughs> Trey's the two-year-old in this, in case that wasn't <laughs> Oh, I love uh, it. That is also uh, going to go in a mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. As always, Leech, it has been an absolute blast to have you on. And, uh, you know, thank you for coming in and reprising your third chair role. Thank you for having me this it felt good to be in this episode because there was so much I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and I really appreciate, I didn't even ask. Like, I really appreciate that you two reached out and this was, this was fun. Thank you for coming. I can't Always wait. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for next week. I know. Yeah. Falcon the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Almost here. I'm so excited. I'm going to put you on the spot just because we have the record. Do you want to throw any theories, anything you're expecting uh... in Falcon? I mean, this kind of goes in with our last topic. Like, no, <laughs> we don't have any expectations. My it's theory great. is it's going to be released and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> My theory is there's these two guys and they're in a show. And it's awesome. So, and if that's my expectation of it, then I don't think I'll be disappointed. And I'm okay with that. Perfect answer. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, of course, as always, if you want to keep up with Leech and all their musings, both on Marvel and, and what have you, you can follow them on Twitter at XOLeecho. And of course, that will be linked in the show notes. And of course, if you'd like to comment on your overall thoughts for WandaVision or anything you want to add to the conversation, you can always find us on Twitter and Instagram at MCUNeedToKnow. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, you can join that as well, which is linked in the show notes too. Also, I'd like to mention that we recently got a chance to guest on MCU Rewind. Uh, they had us on for a prediction episode for the upcoming series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're really great people, and it was so much fun getting to go over there and make some predictions. So you should definitely go over there and listen. That way you can see how well we did as the season progresses, because I think when it's over, we're going to be joining them again so that we can see exactly how well we did. So again, great people. Make sure you listen and subscribe, and you can find that link in the show notes. And be sure to follow us whenever you get your podcast. Leave a rating and review. The feedback is super helpful for us in creating a better show for you, and the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work linked in a SoundCloud, which is in the description below. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And Jude and Leach, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Trey. We will see you all next week. Um, as part of, you know, to, to kind of get that separation from the mutants so the MCU could use them in Age of Ultron. Um, hang on. <laughs> do y'all hear my wife mm -hmm. through the door? Yeah. <laughs> Talking to the dog. <laughs> so our fourth chair so. is actually... <laughs> Thank you.
I think. I think I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um No, no hang on. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, we never force the end tags. <laughs> oh man. Go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love it it's merch right there that's merch oh god go away go away mc you need to know go away <laughs> it's like in the, in the tiniest font go away this is great <laughs> I'm going to use the standard MCU, so... Because I think I can put that in. <laughs> anyway. Well, it, I'm glad we've graduated from so to... Well, we graduated from... All right, well, from here to so. <laughs> Wait, did, did Trey say he was excited at the beginning? Do we need to start over? Ooh. I did. <laughs> I did? Okay. That's just going to be a staple of it. It's it's yeah. my new... Uh, if I'm doing this right, I, which I have a hunch I am, I should be able to do this. <laughs> get a coffee mug with the logo on one side and I'm excited on the other. <laughs> we all three need quotes. Oh, what would the God. Jude variant be? Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just see me with the sandcastle in the background. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. I'm sorry. This is your week to edit. I'm getting us off track again. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Um, do I have noise in the background now? <laughs> yeah, I hear but a cat. But, but that's that's a, my baby. <laughs> is that a baby. <laughs> I'm never gonna be a parent. <laughs> it's okay. Like, like I just I was in the middle of talking, and I'm hearing Amity talking to the dog, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. <sighs> Everybody, center. We're in the zone. Let me let me make sure that they're done. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is, is he good? Okay, so I think I think I know how to jump back in. We're good. He was. I know what I was we're talking good. about, but I just okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs>